not all institutional investors are bad. It's the ones that are going into these communities and literally just sucking as much equity out as they possibly can with the intent that once they've done that, they're just going to walk away and it doesn't hurt them because this isn't their neighborhood. Welcome to the Housing System Podcast from the University of Cincinnati Planning Department, which discusses the topic of institutional investors and how they are changing the housing landscape. I'm Sarah Day, a student studying planning at the University of Cincinnati. And I'm Madison Lentz, also a student in the University of Cincinnati Urban Planning Program. In this episode, we're exploring the recent developments related to the Port of Greater Cincinnati Development Authority's efforts to create affordable home ownership opportunities in Cincinnati and Hamilton County and Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing's Senate Bill 334, which seeks to regulate the purchase of tranches of single-family homes by institutional investors. In December 2021, the Port agreed to pay $14.5 million for 194 homes scattered throughout Hamilton County. While continuing to rent the homes, the Port intends to upgrade and eventually sell the homes to their primarily low to middle income tenants. Port CEO Laura Bruner told the Wall Street Journal in January 2020, we plan to sell them as low of a price as we can. This project is known as the Port's Care Homes Initiative. Liz Eddy, Director of Residential Development for the Port, is here to discuss the Care Homes Initiative and other actions the Port is taking to create affordable home ownership opportunities in Cincinnati and Hamilton County. Hi Liz, thanks for joining us. I know that less than a year ago, the Port made national headlines that the Port acquired almost 200 homes that were previously owned by the Los Angeles-based Rainith Housing after auction and they were foreclosed upon. Can you tell us a bit more? How and why did the port purchase these homes? The amount of -of out-of-town investors that have gripped into Cincinnati's market is, it's really off the charts. We have investors that own over, like one particular that we know of owns over 2,000 single-family homes here in Cincinnati. That's 2,000 homes that have just been taken completely off the market. And everybody's saying right now, it's so hard to buy a home here in Cincinnati, depending And it doesn't even matter what price range you're in. The market is insane here. And so we've been talking about this for a while and gathering a lot of data and really just trying to figure out what the baselines were and who the big players were. And we were approached by Colliers International, which was the receiver for this particular portfolios. And they just wanted to know, hey, are you interested in this? This could be right up your alley. And we started looking into it. We started getting really comfortable with the numbers. And we, at the port, we have the ability to do some very creative financing. So we were able to issue bonds in order to cover the sale of these properties. And we started the CARES initiative. But the goal is to create home ownership opportunities in other in neighborhoods and on in houses that otherwise would have been rentals for the next who knows how long. But I was reading on the Port's website how one of the out-of-town investors referred to Cincinnati as an eviction-friendly place. Can you speak more on how these institutional investors see the property owners and the people of Cincinnati and how that's different from how the Port sees them?
I mean, if you're an out-of-state investor, you don't you don't recognize the ripple effects that you're going to have by just evicting one person. That that doesn't dawn to you. It, you don't think about, oh my gosh, now these kids who have been in the school for three years, the only place that they can find that will accept them now that they have an eviction on their record is on the other side of town. So not only are we uprooting their personal life and their home life, but now we're also uprooting them from the school, the teachers and the friends that they've gotten comfortable with and that know their style of learning and just make them feel comfortable. We've now relocated them. And I, I mean, there's so many ripple effects. I just, evictions are, they are necessary in certain instances, but they're not something to be done lightly. And they're not to be something that you can just brush off. And when you're an out-of-state investor, it's very easy to do that because there's no faces. You never see them. You don't have to go to eviction court. You don't have to look that person in the eye and say, yes, I want to proceed with this eviction today. And it's very humbling when you do. Do you have any other final like things you would maybe like to add? I think Cincinnati, in difference to a lot of other communities and a lot of other cities, we have the willingness that we do want to be better and just making sure that we we're starting to make the steps to get there. We just might not be 100% there. But there is a very much a willingness to change, which I think is fantastic. And you're not seeing that in a lot of other cities these days. Thank you, Liz Eddy, for sharing with us the port's effort to create affordable home ownership and stem the influence of institutional investors in the Cincinnati area's single home family market. Institutional investors have also raised concerns in Columbus at the Ohio State House. Senator Bill Blessing introduced Senate Bill 334 in May 2022 to slow down the so-called bulk buying of foreclosed homes by out-of-state investors. The bill would establish a 45-day period to allow tenants, owner-occupants, and local nonprofits or municipalities to bid on the home ahead of an outside investor. Ohio State Senator Bill Blessing is here to tell us more about the conditions that led to him drafting Senate Bill 334, including why the communities in his district, such as Colerain Township, have been specifically targeted by institutional investors. Housing is not like consumer electronics, where you wouldn't be hearing a word from me if this were an issue with iPhones or something like that. But housing's, you know, Food, shelter, and clothing are things you, you kind of need. Senator Blessing, thanks for joining us. What is it about Ohio and Colerain in specific that make it such a target for these institutional investors? They have a lot of, you know, lower income and middle class homes that, you know, at one time I would have said, you know, maybe seven years ago, these are homes that you could have bought between 60000 and Hundred and thirty or hundred forty thousand. They're not targeting, you know, homes in say Indian Hill, for example. They were able to then buy these up and, you know, maximize, you know, the rental income that they get from from these properties. So it's not just Colerain. A similar dynamic is playing out in Price Hill and any of those communities that you might see that has a that have a lot of starter homes are sort of vulnerable to this sort of thing. Why do you think you started this kind of interest in housing policy on the legislative side? Just, just seeing 
how quickly prices were rising. And philosophically, I feel like housing is one of the greatest ways to build intergenerational wealth. And, you know, you might have people that, you know, don't make a lot of money, but if they can buy a house, make their payments, you know, it's, it's the ultimate in rent control in the sense that, yeah, taxes might go up over time, but for the most part, while they're paying their house off, their housing payment is going to be relatively fixed. And, you know, that enables them to, you know, save for, for other things and, and not have to spend it on rent. But when you take that away, now you have, you know, folks at the mercy of, you know, rents rising way faster than their ability to pay or wages rising. And I just thought it was a problem that really needed to be addressed. And, you know, again, I, I, I recognize that whether it's Ohio or California or, or anywhere else, as I've talked with legislators, you know, throughout the country, it's nobody really has a good solution at this point. housing continues to change and evolve over time. Through switches in property ownership and policy evolution, there are constant changes to the housing market happening every day. But I think that we can all agree that home and shelter are basic necessities and key factors to our community's health. We can do better to improve access to housing. Thank you to our interviewees, State Senator Bill Blessing and Director of Real Estate Development, Liz Eddy, for their time and insight into the issues surrounding institutional investors bulk buying and renting out single family homes in the Cincinnati area. We will continue to monitor and study the policies proposed by local and state government like Senate Bill 334 and innovative projects such as the Ports Care Homes Initiative. I'm Madison Lentz. And I'm Sarah Day. Thanks to the rest of our team, including Ed Barterman, Seth Manny, and Lauren DeLogger, who helped research and produce this podcast. And most importantly, thank, thank you. you for listening.